Uh, welcome to the AC Beechcroft's Lawcast. My name is Stuart Wallace, Senior Associate in the Clinical Risk Team here at DAC Beechcroft. This podcast is the second in a two-part series focusing on the fast-changing area of AI and medtech-assisted healthcare. Our podcast series follows the recent launch of DAC Beechcroft's AI in Healthcare report, which brought together leading clinicians, regulators, developers, investors and lawyers to discuss the ways that AI technology is transforming the UK's health system. Our aim within this podcast series is to continue the conversations from that report by looking at the opportunities that AI and medtech brings to the delivery of healthcare, as well as the hurdles to adoption. In the first edition, we looked at AI and technology in the NHS with Tom Lawton, Head of Clinical AI at Bradford Teaching Hospitals, uh, in particular the sorts of things that are happening on the ground in the NHS right now and what we're likely to see going forward. In this edition, we turn our attention to the insurance indemnity side of things in this rapidly changing environment. I have with me Richard Hearn, Divisional Director of Health and Care at Howden Insurance Brokers, who has a wealth of knowledge in this particular area. Richard, before we get into all of this, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself and Howden Insurance Brokers, for that matter, um, to our listeners in a bit more detail. Great. Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah. So uh, my background is very much uh, insurance related. Uh, goes back as far as 1984. A long time in my mind. I've been specifically involved in health and social care arena or area since 1992, and have very much focused on, um, I guess, the insurance and risk programs for what we would consider larger corporate clients in the social and healthcare space. So clients that by revenue would fall into the sort of top 500 in the in the UK been through various levels of management as you'd expect and I, and I now head up the Howden Health and Care team as you mentioned as divisional director based from Bristol but also an office in London where I, where I visit regularly. For us as, as a, a firm um, there's been a, a big focus in 2022 moving forward on the world of digital or e-health um, as it's clearly growing at an exponential rate um, and it's got some very unique aspects to it from an insurance um, perspective. In terms of um, Howden Insurance Brokers um, they're a leading provider of insurance brokerage and risk consultancy and employee benefits advice and services across the whole spectrum of the world of, of insurance um, and, and across the whole world, really. Howden's themselves, um, they place just under £15 billion pounds of um, client premiums um, across the world, including the UK, so in international markets. Um, they trade in over 40 different territories and we employ something around 11,500 employees, which seems to be changing all the time and growing rapidly. So I think what that does is it gives us scale and expertise to to deliver for, for our clients, really. Specifically looking at um, health healthcare sector, we've got a team of over 50 insurance professionals in, in the UK dedicated to and just dealing with healthcare opportunities and, and clients. And I think what this means is that, that we clearly understand the nuances of um, often complex risk profiles, particularly around um, digital health businesses. Um, Howden are the largest independent insurance um, broker in the world. Um, what's interesting about Howden is 35% of the businesses owned by um, employees. They are the biggest shareholder group. So perhaps you have a more nuanced focus towards our clients um, as we, we, you know, as, as shareholders, certainly it's our best interest to provide the best service we can at all times. And we've got the scale and experience to, to deliver for our clients. Obviously, we're, we're heavily involved in um, arranging, um, managing insurance um, programs, as well as on the flip side, and part of what we're talking about today is handling claims, um, and we try and make that as straightforward as possible. Um, and I think finally, just, just at Howden, uh, we cater for the full spectrum of insurance requirements, whether that's commercial or personal. Um, so the, particularly in the world of digital, the health companies receive the right cover and support to help them protect themselves, their businesses, 
obviously benefits their employees and those that uh, use their services. Excellent, Richard. Uh, I don't want to make you feel old, but you um, started working before I was born, so you've got a lot of well, experience. That, that didn't make me a feel old. Of experience. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, brilliant. Okay. All right. So um, <laughs> let's get into this, shall we? So um, I uh, appreciate a lot of what we're about to get into at the outset would be obvious to you and to some of our listeners, but um, it, it helped to set the scene if you could perhaps just take us through some of what I'm I'm going to call the basics. So that's to say, um, uh, with your broker hat on, the types of companies and individuals um, uh, as insureds that you see involved in delivering healthcare through AI and medtech at each of the various levels of the supply chain. Perhaps yeah, we can yeah. start there. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I think, um, I mean, it's, it's obviously a very vibrant sector. Clearly, the 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 future of healthcare will see um, digital tools become more, more, I guess, mainstream and, and a hybrid model. So healthcare practices using digital and traditional metal methods will, if not already, be the future. And we know that's happening already on the ground, but it will just happen to a greater degree, really. Yeah. I think in terms of what we're seeing or what I'm seeing at the moment is um, a very vibrant sector. Um, it's an arena with an awful lot of new startups, which is obviously great to see. Um, and, and these startups are in, I guess, all, all areas of, of digital. So we're seeing um, inquiries coming through from um, mental health services, um, inquiries coming through from wearables. Um, we've obviously talking about AI on this call, but we're seeing AI inquiries uh, and general healthcare. We're particularly seeing um, inquiries coming in from sort of immersive technology. So the sort of the virtual reality, augmented reality service providers, a couple of inquiries around medical device manufacturing. And then in the last probably three or four months, um, we've had a number of inquiries come through specifically around the adoption of electronic health records and sort of other digital health tools to improve the... I guess the efficiency and the collating and sharing information amongst healthcare providers, which which wasn't something I had in my mind when I was looking at digital health um, as as an opportunity. But I, I guess it evolves and moves forward in its own way, really. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly from a from a claims point of view, you know, as a, a litigator dealing with 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 clinical negligence claims, um, you know, electronic medical records are. I mean, yeah. paper medical records are a thing of the past. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it used to be the case that we'd have you know files and files of records. It's just not the case anymore, you know. Most, if not all of it, is digital. Is digital, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, a, a big area of interest, without a doubt, is is artificial intelligence. Mm. Obviously, teaching granny suck eggs to a degree, but that involves analysis of large amounts of data that that various medical devices um, are well, do collate. Um, and I think medical device uh, manufacturers are also integrating AI technologies like computer vision to accelerate diagnosis and enable sort of things like robotic surgery moving forward. So um, AI is um, finding applications to automate and optimize production workflows in sort of every area of healthcare. We're also seeing mm. it coming into social care as well, which is which is slightly different. But I think one point I'd make about AI, it, the inquiries that we're seeing are being driven by the, the med tech or, or the digital business. The AI businesses themselves, i.e. the software houses that, that produce, um, you know, the programming that, that run these services, we're not seeing any inquiries from. But clearly, those guys or, or those businesses have, have a liability exposure here as well, because if they've misprogrammed something, then eventually you think a claim will find its Quite. way back to them. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's, a, it's an immature market in that sense, probably. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, exactly that. Um, so just with, with that in mind, what, what sort of cover is there out there currently 
<laughs> How long if, have you got? <laughs> well, <laughs> for, for those coming to me, what, what, I mean, yeah, bearing in mind we are, we are, <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> what, what are we, what, yeah. what are we, what have we got? Um, so I think, I mean, if you look at the traditional method of or, or, or setup in terms of coverage, you'd have a business buying property insurance for their, their trading premises. You'd have cover for lo- resultant loss of revenue or profit if the, if the place, the hospital or the surgery burnt down. And then you've got things like the employer's liability for staff, public liability for, for customers and third parties, and the medical malpractice clearly for, um, you know, uh, errors or omissions in, in the provision of the sort of medical services. And then you can add to that things like cyber insurance and professional indemnity cover. What, what we found is that insurance covers haven't um, moved forward to reflect the changes in the services being delivered by and through digital health. So by combining the sort of the services, the products, the software and the facilities, it, it creates gaps and overlaps that the traditional insurance uh, market just fails to address. So as an example, medical clients um, will have medical malpractice or bodily injury as they probably the foremost in their mind a thing to, to insure against or protect against but that the software house or the technology developer may typically place more emphasis on the technology errors and emissions so the professional indemnity and the cyber risk so all of these cause significant issues from a an insurance cover perspective so an example would be the traditional medical malpractice is going to exclude anything to do with the systems or a professional indemnity or software failure, while the on the other side of the fence, that the tech or, or software company um, will exclude any bodily injury, i.e. the mm. medical malpractice side. So you've you got a gap between those two. And if something yeah. goes wrong, is it is it the programming yeah. that's made it go wrong or is it uh, some sort of error in the clinician's understanding of what they've seen, really? Mm, um, okay. So big, big gaps. So there's a gap at the moment, um, clearly given what you've you've said there going forward um do we do we foresee any other kind of issues that might we that might crop up or 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 or, is it a case that those gaps are going to continue until they're plugged really and that and that's the main issue the main challenge here yeah, I mean, so. yeah, absolutely. So there are there are there, there is an insurance market developing out there aimed at e-health or digital health for sure. Mm. And, and there are ways to plug the gap. But you need to understand the I guess the marketplace and the sector and how, how they sort of how they all interact and intersect. So I think it's it's a confusing area. And if you talk to two, three or more insurance brokers as a potential customer, you'd like to get two, three or more conflicting areas of advice or solutions proposed. So I think there's very limited um, innovation around digital health in the insurance sector, with one or two notable exceptions in, in the UK market. Um, and it's it's kind of worth noting that a number of insurers that I've been talking to about this as a, a market they should be involved in are saying to me they're looking to launch into the into the, this, this arena or this sector in 2023 and moving into 2024. So I think we'll get more more providers offering um, insurance-based solutions to more customers. Yeah. But it's going to take time. And in the meantime, it may be difficult to, to plug those gaps fully if you don't fully understand yeah. they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ju- just on the insurance point of view, so just with sort of looking at the the, the, the sort of the the issues that you've you've mentioned there, particularly the gaps in the market, starting with the the insurers, you know, mentioning there that, you know, insurers coming to the market, you know, this year, next year. What, what challenges do you think they're going to have coming into this market starting with the insur- i mean i know there's different players involved here there's you as the broker the insurers the insureds the patients but starting with the insurers yeah given that you've just mentioned them there what challenges do you think that they might have given 
given those issues that we've that we've discussed from, from a market perspective in terms of having yeah. a risk really that's it yeah okay I, th- I think from an insurer perspective it's the ability to to be able to join up the dots between the various covers um, to make sure that a business is adequately protected so one of the big areas I think is going to cause challenges for the market is around the cyber risk aspect because clearly the, the very word digital just brings into play you know ransomware attacks and and, and cyber events um, so cyber for me is a, is a big issue and it's a very very specialist cover there are not many insurers that actually write it so any new entrants or any insurers in this sector with no cyber experience um, are going to struggle I think to understand what the the, the level um, of exposures are from a from a digital perspective around that sort of um, aspect of, of the um, the cover I think there are probably three or four areas. One will be ratings are going to be a challenge. Where do you pitch your price? Because there's no long-term history right. or performance stats for underwriters yeah. to judge yeah, yeah. based on, say, if you're a care home, they, they've been showing them for the last 30, 40 years. So they kind yeah. of know how they perform. Um, so ratings an issue. Mm. I think claims performance is another issue. Um, at the moment, because there's no real um, activity around claims in the way there are in other sectors because it's not a proven sector, where are the claims going to emanate from? Um, just interestingly, um, I've heard from one of the main insurers in this sector recently that cyber accounts are between 20 and 25% of all claims they see. Medical malpractice is around the same sort of level, but where they're seeing the biggest increase um, is around um, intellectual property rights, where claims make up about 20% of, of the activity they're seeing. Which, That's interesting. Because we're all sort of in the wild, wild west sort of area well, of it, where everything's I, new and you know everything's up for grabs is well all... yeah a bit of that i think but also i think it's tech moves so quickly that someone's um painted in something in i don't know america and someone in the uk comes up with a good idea uh, and they don't realize it's been it's been thought somewhere else and it's been protected um and suddenly you're, you're in the, you're in the arena where someone's going, hang on a minute that's my idea you can't pinch it because um i've already i've already patented really so Claims will be a big issue, I think, and, and the three areas we expect to see the claims will be medical malpractice, no surprise, yeah. cyber, yeah, yeah. probably no surprise, mm. but intellectual property claims are definitely growing. And I, and I think the last area is competition. There's only a handful, handful of insurers in the market at the moment, but it, it's too big a sector for other insurers not to get, get on board with because it's, it's, it's growing at a, a, you know, yeah. a, a rate that it's hard to keep up with yeah quite, quite. so it's just how, how does that impact on how they look at risk really yeah right uh, just with turn, turning then and looking at the insureds uh, yeah a similar issue similar issues or or different issues so, so by insured the, you're, you're talking about clients are you or, yeah or both, yeah, yeah. The people the people you know the, the people who are yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so uh, is it is it is it fair to say that they're, they're going to face similar issues to, to that of the insurers or are there different issues that they're going to need to consider I think I think some of the same issues, but there are different um, issues. So probably the hardest things about attending insurance for a client will be knowing what they don't know, which is a silly thing to say. But if if you don't know the cover exists or the liability exists, how do you know that you need to be protecting against it? So it, it's kind of knowing the types of risks that they need to be covered for. And and I know from talking to people that ring me, they don't. Um, because that's not their focus. Their aim is to get the business off the ground. Everyone's thinking traditional insurance models, and they're not thinking about the the interconnectivity of the the various aspects that digital bring to play. I think they will struggle potentially to find the right insurance partner for their business, because all these businesses seem to specialise in one area or another, as opposed to um, they're just a care home for the elderly. They're not. You've got so many different um, 
I guess, types of, of businesses. And some of the digital businesses seem to span an awful lot of the areas that make up digital because they're, they're all rounders in that sense, um, which brings issues with it. Um, yeah, you'd expect yeah. me to say it, but find the right broker partner. You need someone that understands the market oh. and what they're, what they're doing and how it all intersects, yeah. really. Um, a big issue potentially is, and it's not unique to digital, will be able to read and understand the insurance policies know the values what limits of indemnity should i arrange for my um, medical malpractice or my cyber or my professional indemnity or my intellectual property rights um and knowing that our you know knowing your claims going to get paid because again i think as new markets come to play there may be unproven um insurers in in the sector and you know at what point will a wording become ambiguous and, and they won't want to pay a claim because it doesn't fall within the definition or that wasn't their intention Mm, and being okay. able to compare quotes from different insurers because they're not the many insurers out there so it's, it's hard to compare mm. beyond two or three so it's quite a limited market yeah yeah just just writing back to that point about knowing the claims can be paid I, I imagine that applies to patients receiving the care as well that particular issue does it or yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean from, <laughs> yeah. i mean from a patients receiving care perspective yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, think, I think they've got a number of areas one it's it's no longer a guarantee that um a person engaging with the online health care provider is actually who they say they are so that, that could be a fraudster using stolen information to commit um prescription or financial fraud or it could just be you know identity theft and someone's trying to find a way to to monetize um someone else's identity um i think how proven in the digital health area is the app or the service you're buying? Um, so how, how do you as a client measure or know the impact on the quality of the service being offered or provided? Another part of that is where's the service being provided from? Is it in the Western yeah. world or, yeah. or, um, or or is it somewhere else in the world where they have different um, regulations or, or, or different view of, of yeah. what, what's acceptable really? So I think I think there are big issues there for, um, for customers for sure. That's an interesting point, yeah. Uh, it, it seems to me the root cause of all this really is the is the current uncertainty around risk because it's also new. Is, would you is it would you agree or is that a too is that a too simple is that a too simplistic view to? to... Um, I, I, it's a simplistic view, but I would agree as well. Um, so I, I think entities are and businesses are. Um, constantly evolving they're entering new territories they're getting involved in new specialities um they're hiring large numbers of staff and, and some of them are receiving huge amounts of funding from a startup perspective and, and all of these present their own um challenges for both the um the client and the insurer looking after the client um and i think lack of regulation surrounding certain forms of digital health um within many countries um is is a challenge yes. um and you know in america they've just passed uh, some le legislation around this but and i think uh, the eu's looking to pass some legislation and the in the uk is looking but at the moment it, it's still it's not unregulated but but it, it, it's not specifically regulated so no, no. That, that, that creates um opportunities i think for sure yeah, well, yeah. concerns for sure really yeah um, um, that's interesting there's clearly a lot to, to think about here then in terms of the, the issues and challenges faced um ju just thinking then about sort of how we you know, trying to tackle some of those issues and, and challenges we've discussed. What, what, with your with your broke hat on, what, what, you know, what do you think the best ways are, um, sort of reducing or managing those risks that we've we've talked about? Yeah, <laughs> um, I, th I think obviously there's there's a massive range of interconnected services and devices here, and that's just that risk is going to continue to grow. I think. Uh, a good insurance program is, of course, a, a, a great backstop for the potential financial impacts if, if a risk it somehow gets away and causes a, a, a an issue. Um, I think 
there, there are a number of specific risks around, and I mentioned already, um, cyber and ransomware attacks and the impact that will have on a business. In terms of managing that, a lot of the insurers we're now talking to are insisting on multi-factor authentication, MFA, in terms of how you know people access um, systems. Um, and there's got to be two ways or, or, or um Two verification methods, to like the like when, when you get a you get a text on your phone yeah. with a code on it, code, just put yeah. this code in. That yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it. from an insurer's perspective, they're looking for reinsurance that the clients they're interacting with are bona fide, switched on, and looking to manage their business in a responsible way. So they're going to be looking at things like um, ensuring uh, regulatory adherence. You know, are they complying yeah. with the applicable laws? Mm. They're going to be looking for effective provider credentials so it's important that clinicians still maintain the same level of medical education yes technical knowledge um qa sorry quality assurance that's yep. clearly a big part of of um any any risk from an insurance perspective um fantastic cyber risk management because that's where the insurers i think see that the main um risk and a sound business plan uh, and they like to see a business plan that outlines you know the who what where why how in terms of how the business is going to manage itself and what it expects to achieve mm. over a three to five year period mm. Mm. um do, 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 do you think contracts have a part to play here or or I, so how or, or not or, or yeah i'm not sure i'm qualified to talk about contracts <laughs> <laughs> holding his hands up saying he's an insurance broker. <laughs> what, I, what I would say is that we do see contracts from digital health businesses that we um, act for and are engaged with. Um, and a number of times we have to say to them, look, insurance does A, B and C. This contract wants um, more reassurance from the way you manage your business. Um, and, and that some of the, the things it wants are not insurable. So it comes down to how a business um, sets its internal structures and protections yeah. up rather than looking for mm. insurance to pick up a, a, mm. an error or issue. Thanks, Richard. That's that's great. That, that's all we've got time for today. So thanks again, Richard, for being here and for taking part. If you would like to listen to more podcasts, uh, Lawcast episodes, do head over to our Lawcast webpage. <laughs>